In the name of God, Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. Amen. Please be seated. Happy Fourth of July week. We celebrate much this week, and indeed later this week when we come to the Fourth of July, Independence Day, including our country's freedom and our freedom in our country as Christians to worship as we like. There's indeed much to be celebrated this week and this 4th of July. Even so, our lessons this morning offer something of a trolling of the very concept of independence. In fact, if anything, our lessons this morning point to the Christian life rather than being independent in any regard, rather as a life of total dependence, dependence upon God, dependence upon his grace, his mercy, and his forgiveness. As St. Paul says in our lesson this morning, we are no longer slaves to sin, but slaves to righteousness. And so I say to you this morning, Happy Dependence Day. Paul's letter to the Romans, especially the, the wonderful selections that we've been in for a few weeks now in our Sunday lessons in the lectionary, wonderfully emphasize our dependence upon God. St. Paul says, Do not let sin exercise dominion in your mortal bodies to make you obey their passions. No longer present your members to sin as instruments of wickedness, but present yourselves to God as those who have been brought from death to life. Present your members to God as instruments of righteousness, for sin will have no dominion over you, since you are not under the law, but under grace. These are much debated passages. There's debate about what is Paul talking about here? Is he talking about the pre-Christian life? or the Christian life, or somebody who falls away from the faith. What's he talking about? Well, I'm going to settle it right here. I think he's talking about sin in the life of the believer. Paul's talking about the Christian life here. And he's asking the question that inevitably follows from a proclamation of the gospel of God's unconditional grace that Paul has proclaimed in the earlier chapters of Romans, and that the early church in Rome and beyond had heard so clearly from Paul and the other, other apostles. And that question is, if the gospel is true, if grace really is free and we really are loved unconditionally by God, does that mean that we don't have to do anything? That is to say that the question, Paul, is, it's a rhetorical question that he's anticipating here, uh, and it's what Dietrich Bonhoeffer called in the 20th century Cheap grace. Paul's saying, is grace cheap? It's free. Does that mean it's cheap? And Paul here is saying, no. It is free, but it is costly. And so we do have to be careful with this passage, I would say. There's lots of commandment language in it. And so we need to be careful about reading the law back into it. Paul is not here bringing people back under the law when he says, do not let sin enter back into your members. 
That's not a law that he's giving us. Rather than being prescriptive here, that is to say, what Paul is doing is he is being descriptive of what the Christian life looks like for each one of us. He's describing what it feels like to have sin in our lives, and we all know what this feels like. It feels like slavery, says Paul. But notably, what Paul is not saying here is, stop sinning. He's not saying, bad dog, don't do it. No, what Paul is describing here is that there are forces. This is what he wants his hearers and his readers to understand and to see. There are forces inside and outside of us that are controlling and mastering us. And Paul's saying that fighting against those forces, those forces of sin, will actually do the opposite of what we think it might do. That is to say, it will actually get us entangled farther into that sin. And so Paul is here, he's not inviting us to grit our teeth, to white-knuckle it, and to fight sin and temptation. Rather, Paul is inviting us to transformation in Christ Jesus. He's not saying stop sinning. Rather, he's saying you are slaves to sin. Turn to God. And so that is to say for Paul and for the gospel of Jesus Christ, for Christians, Christianity is not a sin management or a behavior management system. No, Paul is saying, if we're following his logic here as he's articulating the gospel in these passages and chapters in Romans, Paul's saying the Christian life is death. It's the death of Jesus Christ and his resurrection. It's the death of our ego. It's our sharing in Christ's death through our baptism. We have died to sin and risen to righteousness in Christ Jesus, says Paul. And so it's an invitation to return to resting in God. This is really powerful stuff, I think. This is giving us a new operating system. So often I think we, we work and we think in terms of actions and consequences. If I do this, then that will happen. If I do this, God will be angry or upset. But Paul is saying that because of the death and resurrection of Jesus and because of our baptism in which we share in that, we have now been brought into an entirely new paradigm, the paradigm of death and resurrection. And we are entirely dependent upon God for that. And so indeed, I say to you, happy Dependence Day. Paul goes on. Should we sin because we are not under the law but under grace? By no means. Do you not know that if you present yourselves to anyone as obedient slaves, you are slaves of the one whom you obey, either of sin, which leads to death, or of obedience, which leads to righteousness? But thanks be to God that you, having once been slaves of sin, have become obedient from the heart to the form of teaching to which you were entrusted, and that you, having been set free from sin, have become slaves of righteousness. I'm speaking in human terms because of your natural limitations. For just as you once presented your members as slaves to impurity and to greater and greater iniquity, 
So now present your members as slaves to righteousness for sanctification. Paul is inviting us here again and again to go back to God as the one who is truly holding the reins. It's sort of like the 12 steps of AA, if you've heard of that, Alcoholics Anonymous. What AA isn't, right, if you've followed this or you've looked into it or gone through it perhaps, it isn't, I realize alcohol is bad and so I tried to stop drinking and then I stopped drinking and now I'm sober. That's a completely hopeless message. The message of AA, which is really tapping into the message of the gospel, it's deeply, deeply Christian, is rather, I realize that my life is unmanageable and I am powerless to change it. But if I turn my life over to a higher power, if I turn my life over to God, then I can experience sobriety, right? That's the message of AA. And this is, in many ways, what Paul is saying here. We're not under the law. We're under grace. And this is not a linear message for Paul. The gospel's not linear in that way. It's circular. Again and again and again, we die to sin, we die to our old self, and God raises us to new life in Christ Jesus. Paul goes on, do you not know that if you present yourselves to anyone as obedient slaves, you are slaves of the one whom you obey, either of sin, which leads to death, or of obedience, which leads to righteousness? This is not a be obedient, just do it. What Paul's talking about here is gospel obedience, obedience from the heart. And to love the things of God, we can't change our hearts to do that, right? We can't manage our desires in such a way that we can make ourselves love the things of God, love righteous things. No, we only get that from God, is what Paul is saying. And so Paul here is inviting us to allow our minds and our hearts and our desires and our loves to be changed, to be transformed by the Holy Spirit. We are dependent upon God. And so again, I say, happy Dependence Day. And then finally, Paul says, but thanks be to God that you, having once been slaves to sin, have become obedient from the heart to the form of teaching to which you were entrusted, and that you, having been set free from sin, have become slaves of righteousness. This is how we get over sin. We can't manage it. We can't control it. But God declares unto us and imputes unto us righteousness. Christ Jesus has already overcome sin and death in each one of our lives. And we hear that declared in word and sacrament day after day, week after week, as we are reminded of the free grace of the gospel of Jesus Christ. So the Christian life is not a list of to-do projects but it's a presenting of our members, of our bodies, of our lives to God as instruments of righteousness. And we can only receive this transformation by faith. 
can only receive what God has already declared and enacted about us through faith, that we are dead to sin and alive to Christ Jesus. And we can only receive it by faith because it is so often very contrary to what we see and what we feel and what we experience. Almost every day we will feel as if we are not dead to sin. We are not alive to God in Christ Jesus. And so we must receive it by faith. That's what we've got, a declaration that sin no longer has power over us and that we are not under the law but under grace. God has adopted us as his children, and sin no longer has dominion over us. Christ does, and Christ has all of us. And because he claims all of us, he makes every part of us righteous. And so Paul says, because of that, sin will have no dominion over us any longer. This is not a suggestion. This is not a hopeful wish. It is a declarative promise over us, and it changes everything about us before God. And so what Paul is saying here is that grace and love and Jesus Christ himself, that is what produces life in us. And so, this Independence Day, remember about your dependence. Remember your dependence upon God's grace. Remember your dependence upon God's love, on God's mercy, and on God's forgiveness. It is that grace, rather than trying to follow the law, that will make us no longer desire sin, no longer be slaves to sin, but be slaves to righteousness in Christ Jesus. Amen.